Attention listeners, ahead are spoilers. Hello and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson and I am joined by Chris Boroff. Why are we in the woods? I can't remember if that's actually a line in the movie. I can't really remember any lines in the movie, to be honest. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> also joined by Zach Powers. Uh, uh, it's about it's about trauma. You know, it's, an, it's a modern horror movie. It's about trauma. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome everybody back to the movie trap. On the movie trap, each one of the three, uh, one of the three hosts you just met picks a theme, and then each of us picks a movie based on that theme. After we've watched all three movies, we will then vote with an allocated amount of points plus some bonus points we're gonna earn along the way. Uh, then whichever movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme, and that is what we are in right now because we are in a brand new theme. It is Chris Borov's theme, uh, who stole it away. Uh, probably unjustly so, because uh, he has chosen the theme. Uh, well, we've had uh, a horror movie theme, and then we for Halloween, and then he did a horror movie for the theme before that, and so Borf decided enough of that. We're gonna go back to horror movies. Uh, so here we are. The theme is horror movies that have been recommended to you that you have not seen, and we are here today with Borf's first pick of 2022 Paramount Plus's Significant Other. Uh, and uh, that's I where feel, we are today. I feel, the so, need, I feel the need to point out that it's not important to win. It's how you play the game. And if you have fun doing it. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so before, uh, before, before we get into the, 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 the very... Um, this is going to be a brief walk in the park, uh, fair listeners. So good. I mean, uh, it, you picked a good one. That, that sentiment sounds like somebody who won the last round because... Uh, Russell was like, your movie was probably better, Zach, but uh, you've won the last two rounds. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, I, that was my thumb on the scale. And so I got uh, what I deserved. Um, so maybe some vengeance for the peck and paw thing. I don't know. Um, so here we go. So uh, each of us have 10 points and then each of us have three bonus points that we can give out to each other for whatever reason along the way. So with that being said, Zach Powers, go ahead and... Uh, push us along on the the camping trip we're gonna unpack and start trying to put together a tent uh, uh, and let us go with significant other yeah significant other is a 2022 sci-fi horror movie it was uh written and directed by dan burke and robert olson it stars micah monroe and jake lacy uh and has minor bit parts for a couple other people um uh small cast so we can jump pretty quickly into it it's on paramount plus if you are interested um a basically it opens with uh southern red falling from the sky and we see a deer getting killed by a tentacle um meanwhile uh a uh long-term but unmarried couple named ruth and harry played by micah monroe and jake lacy um are going on a a backpacking trip uh through the woods Ruth is unsettled. She feels uncomfortable in the woods. Uh, she's more comfortable with surfing and things like that, but he reassures her. Um, they spend a little time hiking. They discover uh, a sort of horrible deer carcass. And one night Ruth sees a deer that looks very similar to that deer carcass, uh, which is distinct because it only has one antler. Uh, sort of staring at them in the night and is concerned it was the same 
deer they saw. But uh, Jake uh, assuages her and they push through to a scenic lookout uh, where um, uh, I'm going to use Jake and Harry inter inter uh, you know, interchangeably because I, I recognize this actor. He was uh, yeah. from The <laughs> White Lacey. Lotus and yeah. The Office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, they hike to Jake. Um, and he proposes to her uh, and she has a panic attack and says no. Uh, they discuss it later and she's like, you know how I feel about marriage. And it's something that clearly... Uh, is based on the divorce of her parents. Um, uh, we also established that she has medication for her panic attacks. Um, eventually, uh, they begin to travel back to their car. Uh, this is a multi-day backpacking trip. Um, and Ruth uh, finds a weird, sludgy blue puddle in a cave. Uh, after she emerges, she seems very different. Uh, and uh, after acting bizarrely around him for a day or two, she says uh, she has reconsidered his proposition and, and wants him to propose again. Um, but not here in the middle of the woods, back where he originally intended to do it. So they travel back to the scenic uh, lookout, a cliff over some ocean. Um, and he proposes again. She accepts before immediately forcing him over the cliff and onto a rock, uh, seemingly killing him. Um, she wanders into the woods um, and eventually is found by another couple uh, who attempts to, you know, do their due diligence and bring her back to health. She's like semi catatonic. She won't discuss what's happened to her. Um but uh, that evening, uh, Harry, who is in fact alive, uh, appears and uh, kills the the kindly couple who has found her, sort of using very like uh, Terminator 2 style techniques. He's got a big long fingernail that he uses to cut through people's yeah, faces. Definitely yeah. T-1000 vibes, for sure. Yeah. Um, and he uh, begins to inquire to Ruth after uh, coercing her to come out by holding one of the people at uh, hostage before killing them um, that uh, he is not uh, Harry anymore. He is something else. He was the thing that inhabited the deer that looked on him, the deer that he killed. It's some kind of shape-shifting alien. Um, and Ruth reveals that she found a cave the cave with the blue puddle, where she also saw Harry's corpse cocooned up on the wall uh, and realized he had been replaced. Um, but there's a bit of a trick. He attempts to kill Ruth, but realizes he can't because in taking Harry's form, his body, all that, he has absorbed Harry's love for her and decides that instead of killing her, he is going to try and take her with him on his ship and out of uh, an imminent alien attack. He is a scout for a hostile species of some kind. Um, and so uh, uh, they fall. She follows him back to his ship sort of as a hostage, but sort of pretending she accepts his like terms um, where uh, she sees the ship 
and also it is right next to the ocean again. Uh, so she stabs him with a knife she uh, stole away from the couple and uh, then swims out into the ocean. He follows after her, uh, bleeding profusely, but supernaturally impervious to harm, um, and is attacked by sharks. Uh, so she returns back to the shore and attempts to run. Um, she comes back across the dead couple's campsite where Harry manages to catch up to her um, and uh, beguiled by love, apparently something no other species he's ever inhabited is able to uh, uh, like have. It's just simply a human only emotion. Um, it's our one weakness. Ah! Uh, he <sighs> takes her to a cave and says uh, the idea love is like a need, like, uh, a desire like sleeping or eating but it can never be satisfied because you can never fully become the other person but I can do that and he begins to adapt her form uh, at which point uh, she sees an opportunity she had used the last of her medication for her panic attacks so she was out and uh, begins to bring up her deepest insecurities and anxieties and traumas about her parents who divorced and then became recluses and or alcoholics and how she believes that the only place life or love can lead is to a similar terrible end. She induces the alien in her form, adopting her anxieties to have uh, a panic attack about the things that cause her the most anxieties. At which point uh, she manages to overpower it and smash it in the head pretty good with a rock. Uh, she runs away, manages to get back to her car, uh, and begins to drive away when the alien imposter creature, in her voice, speaks through the car radio, uh, saying uh, she was sort of foolish to think she could get away so easily as more red objects begin to fall from the sky, implying there are many more of these creatures on their way. And that's Ooh. the movie. Yeah, the, the real yeah, the dogs are barking right the friends now. we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, the dogs in the background um, are barking. That's how yeah. woofed this movie was. Yeah, it, it, was an, it was kind of a wolf, wasn't it? Because like, I, I even with like the time like the perception shift with her and then she kills the boyfriend and then it's kind of revealed on that it's a neat little trick that they don't ever do again and I you know like then it just became the second half of the movie is just like bad guy speeches you know where he's just like explaining the master plan and everything and I don't know it it feels a little bit like it should have been maybe an episode of like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone like even at eighty minutes, you're gonna get my point, like they, buddy. They yep. could have. I think they, they could have cut it down. Yeah, it, this yeah. could have been a forty-five minute uh, episode of television, maybe an hour tops. And um, I think it it's a been short movie, fun. and it's a short movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, you could do a Black Mirror type thing with this, and 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 I think, you know, yeah, I think the I, first I, I, half hour in particular takes a little too much time. Uh, not a lot happens. They discover the deer and there's like, oh, there's something in the night that's making me uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, it takes a while for for things to really 
pick up and move a little bit more. Yeah. It, and see, and they don't even, they're surrounded. They actually, like, you could tell this is more or less shot in, like, the Pacific Northwest or adjacent or whatever. And um, it's such a creepy atmosphere to film in anyway. You know, like, David Lynch always talked about that when he was doing Twin Peaks. Um and I always felt like they kind of had a missed opportunity where it just like didn't really build on that a lot other than she's just panicked about life in general and stuff, but just missed opportunity. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like they focused solely on like two fears with this, which were either like being in a wonky relationship where you can't trust the other person or unmanaged anxiety, which mm. I know personally like emotionally i get how that's troubling but if there's a monster in the woods killing people there are more pressing and interesting things to deal with emotionally and physically in that circumstance um like uh, it seems like they're brief moments the movie wakes up and it's just a somnambulant jog for the rest of it yeah uh i also side note push my other thing back till eight so we do have like not we have a little time Oh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. Great. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, like it. Uh, yeah, Borf. I think you're completely right, and that's why I'm going to give you a point uh, for the Twilight Zone thing because I totally. I'm like, this is really just like a Doctor Who episode, and instead of having the the bad guy speech, you could have the Doctor explain everything, and you know, the the really, it's it's the the complex human emotion that uh, aliens will never understand that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, it's the it's the old talk don't show thing. You're supposed to have people have long speeches. In action movies, you don't need to show what they're doing. You have to have them talk it through. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I felt like, um, you know, there's sort of vague hints at some of, like, the details and, and stuff of this couple's relationship. But, uh, like, it was told in a drawn-out way, particularly in the first act of the movie that I think a stronger writer could have condensed down pretty easily. Like there's a few scenes where it's like, um, you know, even the first scene where they're in the car and she's sleeping and he kind of goofs on her with like his, his, you know, favorite song that his mom used to like or whatever. Like that's a good moment to establish a relationship. I think some of the other ones were, not necessarily bad they just weren't stand out and i think if you did a couple more passes maybe you could condense those early scenes a little bit and still get the idea of these characters uh and maybe even a better idea of where the micah moreau character is at like you get the idea she's tense because she's nervous about the woods but at the same time she's comfortable with the water like I think you could more succinctly and clearly express like some of the ideas behind these characters, maybe the, you know, contrast more strongly him reminiscing about his mom with the fact that her parents were apparently not a good situation, you know, yeah. I'm going to give and, you, you know, point. obviously you don't want to do it. So you don't want to do it so obviously that it's like, okay, we get it nail on the head, nail on the head. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a balance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally give you a point because it was the same thing that jumped out at me. Like, for as much time as this movie took uh, setting up this relationship, I couldn't help but remember the movie Annihilation. Have, have you guys seen that? Sure, yeah, I have. So 
in that movie they set up a very similar relationship question between the main character and her husband or the boyfriend that disappears in the thing um they mm-hmm. they did that whole thing in like a scene a scene or two like the guy comes home and you could tell yeah, it's an yeah. uncomfortable he was an imposter when you first see him on the screen yeah yeah and that movie or even asked something better i don't know if it's the... imposter exactly yeah but i mean it's he asks that movie asks better questions than this one did like as soon as it gets to the point of like yeah what is this emotion i'm feeling like in the movie annihilation like spoiler warning the movie ends with natalie portman and oscar isaac smoochin' or getting close to each other and the assumption is you don't know if they're actually them or if they're a simulacrum of them that has come back or which so, one is real and which one is false it's yeah. like very unclear but it leaves yeah. you with that mo- and, and, notion of like what is love then what is your relationship if it's an exact copy of who you were then who are you like is it do you still think, feel the way does it matter i think that the opening scene of this movie might have been actually a mistake maybe you just show the thing falling to earth but i think the scene with the deer where you see i mean i just think they revealed too many cards in terms of the imposter creature a little early when it might have been more interesting at the beginning of the movie to not have an idea of what was in the woods or what was going on Right. I think yeah. you could make that work, but I mean, as soon as he shows back up after he pushes it back, it's just non it's just constant. Like, here's my evil plan, you know? So like yeah. once yeah. they remove that veil of, of, you know, amb- ambiguity from the monster, you're right. It makes the deer stuff like kind of a waste of time. And like, if we had and, kept the monster in its intentions and it's sort of, you know, plan more at arm's length. I think it probably would have been served a little bit better, but I, I, you know, I think what they're, the, the, the movie's trying to do, I think kind of two things at once trying to do like a talk about like human emotions and humans interacting with love and blah, blah, blah. But it also, you know, when you're trying to build suspense and, and, and thrilling stuff like that, it doesn't serve your movie. Well, when, all the stuff just stops and then you just listen to a guy just talk on and on about it. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the way they do like their reveal and don't reveal information, maybe the, the strongest segment of the movie in that regard is the segment where she has found Harry's real body, but we don't know that all we know is she found a blue puddle. Right. And from the audience perspective, it seems like she has changed suddenly and dramatically and takes him back to the cliff and shoves him off. And it clearly like the idea is she is the danger, like whatever the creature thing that's out in the woods, like it's infested her even through when she meets the couple up until the, the Harry character reemerges and we realize, Oh, she was changed because she realized something else was wrong. And I think that uh, misdirect works pretty well. Like, I think it, I think that's, that's maybe the most effective moment of the misdirect of the, of the film. And in, in terms of, you know, that sort of thing. I feel like that ambiguity could have like taken up more of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, like Completely I just agree. keep thinking of other movies that are better than this. Like Under the Skin. I don't know if you guys have mm. seen Under the Skin. Um, I have not. It's a great movie. I would suggest it. It is the one with um, 
Scarlett Johansson. She plays an alien. The thing is, is that you have most of that movie set up where you don't know what the morals are, and it's extremely intense on the ambiguity of what that character is there for. They eventually reveal it in the movie. It's a great movie. I'm not going to spoil it. There's some really crazy stuff that happens later. But it really does play out that ambiguity, and you feel it as an audience member because you're not sure if you like this person by the end of the movie. Um, you mm -hmm. kind of are forced to empathize because it is the main character, but it's definitely something that you as a viewer, you have um, reservations about. In this one, though, you don't really have much from that. It's like you have a brief like faint where it's like, oh, she might be the bad guy, and then it's like back to, oh, nope, that guy's the bad guy. Um, yeah. The tone was super weird. How do you guys feel about like I like Jake I like Jack Lacey? Jake Lacey? Jake Lacey. Jake. Jake. I like Jake I keep getting that thing with a name. I really <laughs> liked him in uh you mentioned it. The uh the, the White trip. Lotus. White Lotus. Really cool in the White Lotus. I like Michael Monroe from uh It Follows and a couple other movies. Uh, the guest this, she's in. The guest. This seems to me like a missed opportunity because Jake Lacey is so upbeat. And his personality doesn't change exactly when he becomes uh, possessed, I guess, or replaced. Um, yes. So a lot of yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. feels weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. How did that feel to you guys? Yeah. Did that feel okay? I, like, it, it only served, like, for that first couple minutes until, like, you, the audience, get the reveal of her seeing the corpse as a pod person or whatever. And then, but I think you're exactly right. It's not like there's a big shift in dynamic between the replicant and uh, Jake Lacey himself. I mean, I, I get that they say that that's sort of the point. The, you encompass the whole package. You don't get to pick and choose. But uh, at the same time, it if you were just watching this movie with your eyes closed and you hear the conversations that make him alone and Jake Lacey are having as a normal couple and then flash forward and then you took a nap and you woke up and you're just seeing these people having a conversation, you'd think, Oh, well, I guess this is not a horror movie. Um, you know, so I, I kind of agree with you. I, I, not that Jake Lacey, I I've seen him do like kind of creepy monstrous stuff in a, different kind of vibe but it, it if you ever see that friend in the family show on peacock where he plays a, a a nasty character pedophile asshole um from the 70s when you know it's it's it it's a good show and he's really good in it but he's plays a very unpleasant person um i i think that's actually largely what he gets cast as especially these days um hey if they're like, picking up the phone <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, the White he, Lotus yeah. character he plays is a, is a, is an utter utter piece of shit. He's mm. he's the worst. Yeah, it's it's funny because I guess he's like happily married to his long-term girlfriend and they have two kids, but he keeps getting cast as these 30-something uh shitbags. So it's kind of a strange fit. Make like hey, he's probably the sunshine, closer buddy. to our age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make, and he, you know, he's uh, get it. <laughs> in the first section of this movie like he seems like a genuinely pretty nice guy so there's that yeah and and the, the 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 conflict in the relationship seemed genuine and earnest that like what seemed like actually human you know where like nobody's really a bad guy here there's just different outlooks and different anxieties and that kind of thing so i thought that was kind of nice and, and then again to just kind of like oh love was the secret answer all along um you know like it it did 
it, and again, you're right. It, it, it's a very short movie. I mean, I guess that's the one thing I'll say about that. It's brief. Um, it uses the, the topography of the, the forest really well. Um, the, the editing and cinematography didn't look cheap. It looked polished. Um, and it did okay, but there, there should have been more, I know it's kind of fashionable these days with horror movies, but a lot more like pregnant pauses, you know, like of building the kind of, when you're surrounded with that kind of nature, I think elevating the kind of otherworldliness of the nature, I think would have served this movie a little well. And I don't think it really got there or even attempted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think I, that, I think it would have uh, been more fun if, uh, like, if there'd been like, other dangers in the forest and they'd amp that up like the shark thing didn't really work for me because it seemed really silly they had to swim mm-hmm. out to get attacked by sharks if they just had yeah, like it seemed some a bit of a lucky that would have been more interesting it seemed a little lucky to me that there was a shark there at the exact right time <laughs> uh to be honest with you but um uh, i i think like the part that uh like the of his later movie sort of um villain uh, turn like I think that there was like there's this there is like this kernel of an interesting idea in like the you know love is a kind of desire it's the one desire that you can't like ever really fully quench like and you know fully inhabiting the other person I think there's like interesting routes you could go down with that about you know not just control in the abstract or uh, love in the abstract but control and um you know uh uh like abuse and uh but also like uh you know is it possible like can you there are parts of any person that you probably don't love like there are things about them and i i feel like it didn't really take the time to 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 explore those really uh, in any like strong way yeah Um, made the tv show made for love actually did a better dig into that because it was like two people's brains merging against mm -hmm. one of their wills so it it got a lot more into just how toxic a controlling relationship can be Um, and i and a pretty recent horror movie that i think probably eats this movie's lunch as far as like toxic romance relationships would be midsummer um you know where it does kind of have that vibe and 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 deeply entwined with trauma now i mean with midsummer it hammers the trauma home a lot um this one more or less just kind of hints at it and you know uses medication um it's a different vibe in midsummer but the theme is kind of kind of the same if if I don't know if I'm t- I don't know if I'm way out of left field, but I I kind of no I it seems when, pretty when she the guy yeah. Out, yeah I think there's when, there's like six other different things going on in Midsummer to me, but that's definitely one of the the themes right. of that movie. Yeah, and I mean Midsummer I think is a much better movie than this one, and and accomplishes the goal of that theme better than this movie does. Yeah, Midsummer's got a lot of else going on with it, um, but you know I think it the when the when the core emotion it when the core emotional um direction of a main character is basically kind of refocusing trauma or refocusing anxiety to a different narrative 
I, I that's where I kind of got that vibe with when she's explaining to the alien that like, ah, now you've got, uh, you know, now you need your Xanax, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, 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 I thought of like, well, okay. I mean, like I thought Midsummer kind of did that a little better about like working through trauma while like yeah. learning to live with it. You know, I, I'd agree. This, this movie to me, it, it really falls into that thing where I don't think they knew how to, get through the story so there's a lot of stuff that feels like they're doing paint by number like sid field like i have mm. to solve this problem i need to set up a For problem sure. and a solution yeah. within this context so like i don't know like the relationship issues and stuff like that and they're like oh but she's going to switch positions with the monster and then the monster's going to have anxiety but the monster's going to freak out because it doesn't have pills like a lot of that stuff is just <laughs> um it's very key and lock it's not a good storytelling mm. tactic because it's like you set up a key and then you put it in the lock. It's like, you know, emotions don't work like Chekhov's gun to me. Like, That's it should right. be something mm. where you can you can set up an emotion and stuff like that, but it's not like it then comes to a hard plot point. It should be something that informs what's happening, not just really fucking irritating. Me. That's what it was. Make that into a t-shirt for you, Bora. If emotions should not be Chekhov's gun. I really like that. I don't know why that tickles me so much, but that just really funny um, to me. <laughs> here, let me let me ask you guys. Yeah, I'll, what, uh, I'll I'll throw the I'll I'll throw I'll throw a point for that one. That's a very uh, interesting very line. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why but, that just got to me. It's funny. I don't know, but let me ask you guys this because I keep finding myself thinking of better movies or movies that sort of followed through on the promise like you mentioned midsummer i mentioned annihilation like do you guys have any other ones that like jumped out at you while you're watching this where you're like i really wish i was watching that instead go oh, many times uh, you know like what was it uh recently oh i watched that uh that super mario brothers movie right um and i kind of knew what it was movie about it's, trauma and relationships yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely uh <laughs> what, you know like i knew it was just gonna be like let me throw all the Mario shit I can throw at you in a condensed yeah. amount of time, and hopefully you'll respond enough to ignore the paper-thin characterization, plot, what have you. Um, and I, I, the media that I'm watching, you know what did a better job of like doing this kind of movie with Detective Pikachu? Um, like that, that was a lot better, much more successful because they took the the Roger Rabbit approach of video games rather than like you know, let me just throw a animated Mario with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts playing or whatever. So, um, so, so significant know, it, other it, got you thinking about Super Mario Brothers? Well, no, significant other. When I was watching this movie, I immediately, as soon as the alien showed up, I kept waiting for like, you know, Kirk and Spock to beam down. Aha, we found him. Here's our rogue alien. You know, like I, it, once you start getting into the bad guy, evil scientist speeches, which is pretty much most of the rest of the movie, I kept waiting for like the doctor to show up or, you know, mm. like, I don't know. It was all a dream or something. Then, then you know, like I, 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 anything to make it more interesting. At least it didn't do that. Once it started on that trajectory, it kept with it. It was on that track and didn't veer from it. So uh, credit to that. You know, it didn't panic there at the end. They, you're right. Where they pretty much said, oh, well, look, at that's five o'clock. Punch mm -hmm. out. Let's go to the bar, you know. Uh, they're probably they're yeah. probably looking around the woods and they're like, man, can we afford to go anywhere else? We can't. Okay, <laughs> right, just go okay, out in the great. water. Right. Anyway, uh, Zach, do you have anything? Uh, I I don't know. I guess Russell mentioning a very recent movie makes me think. Um, 
and this will be a rare sort of shout out to this uh, franchise for me. Like, I think maybe some of the strongest entries in the entire MCU canon are the Guardians uh, movies, because I think those movies are also very much about like dealing with horrific, traumatic pasts and coming to terms with that stuff, trying to uh, define a relationship. And this one has the added, uh, I saw the new one. I think it'll be the last MCU movie I see in theaters. It has the added uh, element of the main character, the main like romance in the first two. One of the characters has functionally been replaced by an entirely new character who doesn't give a shit about uh, the Chris Pratt character. We're back um, to zero. And I think, and I, I think feel that, like that, that might be me in real life. <laughs> but it's you know but it's also uh, you know in terms of like it's a lot about uh, one of the characters very horrible backstories and you know the entire series is kind of this character growing from a a complete asshole who can't deal with his pain to growing into something a little better i think it uh, talks about similar themes in a more interesting and fun way it's you know, I'll rarely give a shout out to that series. I think that those are three of the movies that have character and individuality in part because they have almost always been allowed to be divorced from the larger world around them in the way that none of the other MCU movies are. This one being the biggest exception because, you know, they killed one of his characters in The Avengers, which James Gunn apparently didn't want to happen, but uh, Marvel said fuck you it's happening um, <laughs> but yeah so I, I don't know and I, I I did enjoy that that movie and uh, it has a lot of similar themes but I had a more enjoyable interesting time watching it I uh, think I'm overall surprised. I think I'm, I'm, I'm candidly surprised uh, that uh, you suggested an MCU film just because I, I kind yeah, of yeah me got too buddy you, I almost, I really almost feel like, like I should MCU give you a movies. point yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't. Feel like I, I don't. This point. is the first one I've liked since Endgame, probably, and I've skipped a couple along the way. Uh, like No Way Home comes, or whatever the fucking Spider-Man one comes the closest, but that movie, like, there's nothing new or novel about it. It's just a, it's a ride on nostalgia, and without that nostalgia, I think that movie would fall apart pretty fucking hard. Uh, this one and before Endgame, the other Guardians movies are some of the ones that I think are like, okay, this is like something. There's there's actual artistry being put into this. Uh, I don't think it'll happen again anytime soon, yeah. especially now that like James Gunn, the one guy they let do that is gone. But, uh, you know, they let him do it for his three movies. And now that part of the year is done. They can hire Sam Raimi or whatever the nomad land woman and they'll just the studio will make the film for them yeah, yeah. And i have a feeling well, that like point, chat gpt is gonna do it yeah i had a feeling I, with um I, those the all the guardian movies that it originally was allowed to be weird just because they thought it was gonna bomb they're like we got to put out this guardians movie let's do it yep. and then he did it and they're like oh but people really like this and then it, it they hard flipped after that and they all became like self-aware that's one of the things i noticed is like all the mcu movies seem sure. to immediately become the, self-aware. the other ones did a cheap they they became funnier uh in sort of an imitative way after that movie came out yeah, to the point where now that's every single movie in in the mcu it's true because yeah. like before that 
like before the first Guardians, like you were kind of wasting away with like Thor two and Iron Man three and stuff. Um, and then Winter Soldier. But some and of Guardians the Winter Soldier's out. good. Yeah, like, uh, they came but out it's the not same funny. Year. Winter Soldier's no, no, not no. funny. No, no, it's not. Um, but it it that and then after that they kind of kept going with the cookie cutter formula, Doctor Strange, what have you, and then like uh, that's it. the only reason why I'm excited not to keep going about James Gunn, but like the, the I, I I don't really care about DC all that much, but. I will say the fact that uh, Zack Snyder fans are absolutely livid that James Gunn is taking over uh, DC, the DC Cinematic Universe, makes me all the uh, go James Gunn. I'm on James James Gunn at, for yeah. the record. Uh, if I had to choose between Zack Snyder and, and, and yeah. James Gunn, it's not even really a choice. But I, back to you, Borf, I mean, back to the movie, like, I don't even think this is even a great use of aliens being the bad guy. I mean, I can think of no. 20 different movies that do this a lot yeah, better. Yeah, it's pod people. It's a little the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's it, here's the thing. Like it, the the whole idea behind the theme was pick out a movie that you've not seen that people kept suggesting, and this one had been suggested both in real life. Uh, Red Letter Media suggested it at one point. Um, I think there was another random YouTuber that had suggested it, and they all made it seem like okay, it's not a great movie, but it's like 80 minutes, and it'll be fun, and it'll be exciting. And uh, it, I will say that it was 80 minutes. <laughs> I don't think it was terrible. I think like they did what they wanted to do pretty competently. I just don't think it was anything particularly groundbreaking or like novel or like shocking. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty typical, if I may, may, it's a 40 degree day, you know? Yes. There you go. That's that's a 40 degree day. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Nobody gives a fuck about a forty degree day. It, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. I mean, it's not offensive. I mean, it, it's not deep hurting or anything. But yeah, no. I, I pretty much at the end of that, I'm like, well, that was a movie that happened. I yeah. guess you know. And, it felt like something and, I would have watched yeah. on Sci Fi Channel. Yeah. So what? What you were? This was. I. I. I, I guess. Because I mean, like the reviews I seen were like mostly tepid. Um. So I, I'm. I'm shocked that this was more or less that people. You have to you'd have to be sought out for this movie because I never even heard of this movie until you mentioned it for the podcast. So um, I'm, I'm actually kind of what, what's there that is that it's, it's short. (laughs) I mean, is it, is it have that kind of like, well, this was done with kind of a low, low budget and it's short. Is that like, do you think it, they grade on a curve because of that? Uh, Possibly. Um, I think when it was suggested by red letter media, they were originally doing it just because people were there to watch the Picard series so they're like ah. if you happen to have it for or it was on paramount i think mm-hmm. like if you have it uh this is also a thing on there you can watch um almost as like a toss-in um but you know it's one of these things like i like the actors and i was kind of hopeful that specifically with micah monroe like there hasn't been a really like good starring role that she's been in since um like it follows and the guest yeah, so she's done she's done a lot of movies recently. yeah so it's you know i like her in stuff so i'm still hopeful that someone will put her in a movie that has some teeth in it and to her credit you know taking a role like this it's a meaty role i mean you got you, it's pretty much you and one other guy so i mean you're you're doing a lot of you're, you're doing a lot mm-hmm. of work so uh and you know and at least you're outdoors i mean i i guess if you're an outdoor i mean i think this shoot would be cold and miserable 
Um, but it, it, if you're that kind of guy, this would be a fun shoot for you because you're outside most of the time. Um, and I'll say that even the CGI, I didn't think was all that distracting. Looked pretty good, you know, for it being Paramount Plus. It wasn't, it, there was so little of it that you could tell that they really just hyper-focused on the parts that they absolutely had to do it for. Um, yeah. So well done on, on budget management, I guess. But you could tell this was done on a budget. This was This was done pretty on the cheap, pretty on the quick. Um, and it looks like it, and that's fine. There is, there is room for that in my life. You know, absolutely. Like I, I am good with these kinds of movies, but I think you could do a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're all probably on the same page with this one. Like it's fine. I would say this is a solid beige 40 degree day. I think is the best way to put (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll have a, you know, uh, B minus ish, you know, sort of time with it. I don't feel yeah. like I mean, you'll have a B minus time. It's just there, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. You'll you'll you by the end of it, you'll feel like B minus, and then as you think about it, well, they're really more of a C plus, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it it it, but because it doesn't stick with you as you walk away. I guess I'll, I'll wrap up with my final thoughts, just because like it 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 very much just is a Doctor Who episode. You know, like it it's sure. it's it's a sci fi fun turn that I think all three of us have said that boy as short of this movie done you could have shaved about 20 minutes off of it and slapped on a outer limits or twilight zone thing at the beginning and end of it and probably called it a day um and which is weird because i think paramount plus does do the twilight zone or at least they used to um so i don't know why they just didn't do it that way um or maybe that's how this script came to be maybe it was just like they canceled twilight zone and they just had this script laying around and said uh, you know make it releasable to a theater or two and We'll call it good. Um, you that, never that know. That could be correct. Kind of I didn't. I, I mean, I couldn't find the history of production. Yeah, I didn't look up any. Of the I couldn't find production much. on it. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, it seems slight. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty thin. What's I mean, out there. the the advertising wasn't big. I didn't hear it before Chris mentioned it. I'd never heard anybody talk about it. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and that's all, that's all I've got. It was fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you want me to? I'll just jump into it and just say final thoughts. Uh, my my final thoughts were: um, it's a perfectly fine movie. I'd say it was a journeyman production. It's not something that uh, really shook me hard. Um, I kind of wish that it had done a little bit more. Um, and I look forward to what everyone involved does in the future because it seems like there's promise here. It's just this wasn't particularly exciting. Yeah, I'm going to echo, I had a similar thought to Chris when I was like trying to look up about the people behind this, Dan Burke and Robert Olson, who uh, I could find very little about. It seems like this is the first sort of even semi-big thing they're attached to. And I could also, I could definitely see this being like, you know, the, you know, the first movie in like a career that's a little more interesting, like you almost you know, most great directors have that very first movie that's like, all right, like, it's okay. Like, there's some mm-hmm. interesting things about it. Um, uh, I think, like, most of them have, like, a bit more of a flair than this movie, probably. But this wasn't a bad film, uh, especially if this was their very first effort. Um, you know, uh, definitely, like, the little Morphe nail thing that the guy does, like, the t1000 vibes were so heavy (laughs) on that one it was truly truly him killing the parents in the kitchen with the milk yeah 
Um, the the hand but, flick uh, too kind of bugged me every time he did the hand flick to do it. Where it's just like, eh, eh, enough for you, enough for you. That was too much. Like I could handle the slicey, yeah. but the hand flick was just like, come on, that's too much. And the one that's person silly. he literally did it through their head, like by elongating his fingernail, very much exactly like the T one thousand. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's some interesting ideas that I think they probably could have spent a couple more drafts either condensing or expanding various parts of this. Um, and yeah, uh, it was, but it was not, it was, you know, you're not going to like be like offended that you watched it or anything. You'll, you'll probably be like, Oh, there's some fun parts, interesting times, uh, that kind of, that kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think good performances. I think, I think, I think the, the, I think both Jake Lacey and uh, Mike Emmero were delivered strong performances. Indeed. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, with what was on the page, they did really well. Um, I can't, uh, yeah. So I think we are all in agreement. Missed opportunity with this one. They kind of, yep, yep. You had it on the red zone and you just decided to punt. Um, so that's fine. Whatever. So, okay. That concludes uh, this movie, I think. So let me get a rundown of the points. Uh, Chris Boroff, you got two points today. Uh, one from me for comparing it to the Twilight Zone. And then uh, the one from Zach about uh, Chekhov's gun cannot be a human emotion. Um, and Zach Powers, you got a point from Chris uh, for uh, the complexity of love and human emotion and how that they kind of reduce that um so that brings you chris to two bonus points me to two bonus points and zach with you two bonus points so that is where we are at and the spinning bottle turns to me what will my seven minutes of heaven be um i thought about this sometime because i don't get a lot of i'm not quite into horror movie circles and most people know better than to recommend them to me because i always say i'll get around to it um but i i did have one in mind that i i guess this is, gives me a good opera a good excuse to finally do it um and because i saw this it's a sequel because i saw the first one it was it was fine but i was the due to the hype around it i felt pretty underwhelmed about it but i am gonna go with 2022 same year i uh Ty West, T West's uh, Pearl, uh, the sequel to X, because uh, I have not seen it. I've seen X, but I've not seen Pearl. And as I understand, it's going to be a trilogy. So, you know, might as well keep her up. Um, so uh, I, that's what we're going to be doing. We'll be doing 2022. Is it Ty West, T West? I don't know. T West. Um, I think it's T West. Anyway, it might Pearl. be Ty West. I thought it was Ty, but uh, I thought it was Ty. Uh, I have no idea. Well. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, tune I in have, next time for that. I have seen this. Uh, okay, and Shannon really loves this movie. Okay, all right. Yeah, hey, I've, great. I, um, I, well, I also happen you know, to have seen it. I also think we're going to have a fun conversation. Okay. I'm looking forward to your reaction, Carlson. Okay, all right. Okay, great. I'm the only one in the dark. This is always a great. Uh, this is always promise. Promise for comedy, folks. I promise. Um, okay. Uh, so with that in mind, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be, we're trickling the episodes out. It's getting harder and harder because we're all a little bit busier, but uh, stay patient with us. We're around. Uh, as always, subscribe, like, share, tell your friends. We're nice folks. Uh, and that being said, I have been Russell Carlson and I have been joined by Chris Boroff. I don't remember what love is. I'm an alien. <laughs> I still I don't remember any lines from the movie. <laughs> 
for as talky as it was, too. Not a lot of memorable dialogue. Anyway, uh, and I've also been joined by Zach Powers. Uh, my first kiss was Belinda on a trampoline. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, before we get replicated by an alien scout to destroy the planet, uh, as we always say here on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. It's very true. This movie trap, uh, promise. It is. See ya, folks. Were you alone? I said I don't remember. I think something's really wrong with her. What I'm trying to say is, you're my person.